Don't be shocked because your miracle may bring division, but don't let it move you. This man didn't let it move him, and he was still not even a Christian yet. There are Christians that don't even have the same amount of faith as this man that wasn't even a Christian yet. First of all, the spit which carries the DNA, the DNA of Jesus, the saliva of Jesus is what healed this man. We have the DNA of Jesus. This DNA didn't just change his, his, his present, it changed his future. It changed your future. There are transferences that can happen, good and bad. This man was touched by a supernatural genetic transfer when the spit was put on his eyes. Jesus didn't hold his hand and walk him to the pool. He was on his way, he and the disciples, sees this man, speaks to this man, makes the mud, gives him an instruction. They keep walking, the man follows the orders. When I say you are healed, you don't need somebody to follow you around for three more weeks to make sure you're hearing the word only. You don't need somebody to go, are you reading your word? Are you in your word? You don't need, you need to stand up and say, I am healed. I will read my word. I will bind up that demon. I am not, I have faith to receive and to keep what I just received. When you speak the word under the unction of the Holy Spirit, it literally is like the perfect word for that perfect situation. God led, God empowered, and now you see apples of gold and settings of silver, freedom. Now, if that word is meant with faith on the other end, that individual has faith to literally walk that word out, like this man went to the pool all by himself and did not even know Jesus, but had enough, maybe he was just so frustrated of being blind, I would think so. But whatever his reasons were, he followed and he, he did what he was instructed to do. His parents chose to stay silent, but he chose to speak. He chose to keep the healing. He didn't choose to say, you know what? That just shows you he valued what he had so much. He wasn't going to throw it to the dogs. He was gonna keep what he had just received and then he received even more. But that works in our lives the same way, church. Faith grows. Today is the day of salvation. This is what you've been waiting for. Get ready for a night of Holy Ghost power. September 22nd, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Register now at fireduppoverty.com. Uh, starting in verse 1. There was a man that he, he was born blind. This man, you know, he's an adult. By the time we get to this story, and you get to the end of the story, you'll see that he's an adult, okay? He's an adult, and he, Jesus is walking by with his disciples, and he sees the man that was born blind. And he, and, and when he was born blind, his disciples had a question, and they asked him. He, they said, Jesus, who sinned that caused this man to be born blind? He said, was it his own sin or, or was it the sins of his parents? And Jesus said, neither. In this case, say, in this case. Because sometimes it is our sin that brings sickness. So in this case, 
He said, neither. It's neither. He said, but, he said, but that the glory would go to the Lord, right? So that the glory would go to God. Now, when I used to read this story, I used to hear people say, see, because you're sick, but you're enduring it well, and so therefore the glory goes to God because in your enduring of the sickness, then God gets glorified. But that's a twisted way of understanding and interpreting this. No, the glory of God is, is that the man was healed in the name of Jesus. So let's first get that one that that fact clear before we even move forward. The glory of God isn't in the man's endurance because it's the man that would get the glory. You're so strong, you're so you're, you're disciplined. No, the glory is is that God healed him. It wasn't the fault his own. It wasn't his parents' fault. But God says, but I'm going to show you that I'm going to heal him and I will get the glory. Amen. So he, it was his saliva that healed him. So he's, let me, let me read here, here a little bit. John 9. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him, the glory of God. And as long as, it, as long as I'm in the world, I am of the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spit on the ground, he made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. He went, he washed, and he came back. He went back to his home. So here we see, we see that, he see he, they're walking. He, his disciple says, "Who sinned that this man is is blind?" And he says, "Neither, not his parents, not him. But it's to, it's going to be for the glory of God." And so he goes to this blind man, and he literally tells him. He says uh, he spits on the ground. He makes mud, makes clay, puts it on his eyes, uh, right? And then he tells him to go and do something. There are so many things in this story that I want to pull out. So many things that the Lord is just showing me about this. First of all, the spit which carries the DNA, the DNA. DNA of Jesus, the saliva of Jesus is what healed this man. Literally applying it upon him, it literally went on the inside of him. This man was not a believer yet. He wasn't even a believer yet. But this man had enough faith, more faith than some believers, to literally go and follow through with what Jesus told him to do. Jesus said, I want you to go to the pool. I want you to go to not any pool. I want you to go to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. I am sending you to the pool of called sent to go and wash. Wash your eyes. This unbeliever, this pre-believer, this not yet a believer, literally followed through and did what Jesus said. But there are Christians that won't hear the preacher when they said, you are healed in Jesus' name. They walk out and they're like, well, I don't know, am I or not? Do you see what I'm saying? There are Christians that don't even have the same amount of faith as this man that wasn't even a Christian yet. But he followed through. If your faith will just rise up, if your faith will rise up to the level of the word, you will receive that which is here. You will receive that which God has already imparted. Saliva, his spit, literally in the DNA. What do we have flowing through our, our bones? Our, what do we have flowing through our veins? But the blood of Jesus. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the DNA of Jesus. This DNA didn't just change his his, his present, it changed his future. It changed your future. Okay, let, let, let's, let's slow down here for a minute. The man was born blind. He was born blind. Did God make him blind? No. But he was born blind. It wasn't his fault and it wasn't his parents' fault, but yet he was still born blind. What happened? We have something called a generational curse. 
somebody sinned. Does it say that? No, it doesn't say that right there. But doesn't it say that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? Doesn't it say that I came to do the work of my father? Doesn't it say that if there's sickness and disease, it comes from the devil? So if we already understand the principle of God and how the nature of God works and his character, how it works, then we can understand the Bible tells us it wasn't his sin. The Bible tells us it wasn't his parents' sin, but yet the man was born blind. So therefore, Satan was involved in this man's previous, in his bloodline. So like previously, there was sin in the camp somewhere. It just wasn't present. There was just not a person that rose up and say, in the, name of, in the name of Jesus, I put the bloodline right now from the generations past to that which you currently live in right now. And we cancel that ungodly, diabolical assignment of sickness and disease. Are you following me? Literally, there was still the wrong DNA in his bloodline, which was why when he met Jesus and he applied the, his own DNA, his own saliva, that this man was healed and he changed not just this man, but the future. He changed his future offspring. Now, we don't know because we don't know anything else about the man, but we have to read the Bible with understanding. We have to say, Lord, put me in this place I put myself in this situation what would I be thinking what would I be feeling what 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 are some of the the um, actions that I might do afterwards like literally asking the Lord to give you the revelation and when you do so then this then the word comes alive and you realize wait this I can apply this I can apply this in my life right now so the DNA which is the genetic information inside the body's cells which helps make people who they are. In other words, the blueprints for your body, right? Right. This man was touched by the supernatural genetic transfer. There is a, there's, there are transferences that can happen, good and bad. This man was touched by a supernatural genetic transfer when the spit was put on his eyes. He could have got offended. He could have been like, I don't think so. What are you doing? Well, you know what? Sometimes when, you, when, when the Lord tells you to do something, there's an opportunity to be offended. Don't take the bait. He didn't take the bait, right? This man did not take the bait. And because he didn't take the bait, he received a genetic transfer of the cells which affected his generations to come. Generational curse of blindness was broken. You guys, he was blind. Blindness was, bro was broken, but he was also spiritually blind because he wasn't even saved yet. And then he gets saved. Praise God. My point here is, is that your healing isn't just for you. Because this, this man, blind from birth, received his healing when the DNA of Jesus was applied upon him, anybody that would be born from his lineage now doesn't have that gene of blindness. They had it before, but then they met Jesus. And now anybody that would, become, that would come forth from his line would not have that same gene of being blind. Do you hear? Do you see how your healing is not just for you, but it's for other people that are connected to you? So let's look at some other reasons and some other things that we can draw from this story. Is that the man's obedience brought blessing. His blessing, 
He was, he was, he was obedient. He went to that pool. He went to, to the certain pool. He washed his eyes and he went home, right? He didn't, and by the way, do you notice something? The man sent him to a pool. He was, I'm sorry, Jesus sent the man to a pool, but Jesus was walking with his disciples. They kept on walking. There is nowhere in the scripture that says that Jesus went with them to the pool of Siloam to go and wash his eyes. Jesus didn't hold his hand and walk him to the pool. He was on his way. He and the disciples sees this man, speaks to this man, makes the mud, gives him an instruction. They keep walking. The man follows the orders. The man goes by himself, goes to the pool. And when he goes to this pool and he washes his eyes, Jesus didn't go with him. Right? What he already had. Yeah, he already had that on him. He already had his, his, his DNA, saliva. But I'm saying physically, Jesus didn't go with him. Somebody get the revelation here. When I say you are healed, you don't need somebody to follow you around for three more weeks to make sure you're hearing the word only. You don't need somebody to go, are you reading your word? Are you in your word? You don't need, you need to stand up and say, I am healed. I will read my word. I will bind up that demon. I am not, I have faith to receive and to keep what I just received. It's wonderful to have the understanding that, let me tell you guys, when the word is spoken, the word is enough. When the word is spoken, the word is enough. We have the word, and it's powerful because the word is Jesus, right? So the man's obedience brought forth the blessing. And a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver, which is Proverbs 25, 11. I'm going to read it again. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. When you speak the word under the unction of the Holy Spirit... It literally is like the perfect word for that perfect situation. God led, God empowered, and now you see apples of gold in settings of silver. Freedom. Now, if that word is met with faith on the other end, that individual has faith to literally walk that word out, like this man went to the pool all by himself and did not even know Jesus yet, but had enough. Maybe he was so, just so frustrated of being blind, I would think so. But whatever his reasons were, he followed and he, he did what he was instructed to do, right? So receive. Receive the word in faith. That's the point. Receive the word in faith. You always have a choice to hang on to what God gave you. Always, always. And this man did too. Verse 6. I'm just going to go quick. It says, when he said these things, he spit on the ground. He made clay with the saliva. He anointed his eyes, the blind man's eyes, with the clay. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. He went, he washed, he came back seeing. Therefore, verse 8, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, isn't this the man who sat there begging? Isn't this the guy that just was begging for alms? You know, and some said, yes, this is he. Others said, well, it looks like him. And the man said, I'm he. I am him. I am the man. I, trust me, I am the same man that was sitting here blind all these years begging for food. Begging, just begging. They said to him, how... Were your eyes opened? Accusations start. Try to steal. Devil doesn't like it when you get healed. And some people don't like it when you get healed. He answered and he said, a man, a man named Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes. And he said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I sent and I washed. So I went and I washed and I received sight. Simple. 
He's like, I just followed the instruction. And they said, well, where is he? He said, I don't know. I don't know where he is. So they brought him, who was formerly blind, to the Pharisees. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Of course. See, of course. <laughs> and then they had a problem with that. Of course. Right? So the Pharisees also asked him again. They kept on asking him again the same question. And they said, you know, they asked him again how he received his sight. And he went through the same, old, same thing. Verse 16. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. In referring to Jesus. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. He says, Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was division among them. This man just received his sight. This man was blind from birth. And they couldn't even celebrate long enough. They immediately went to division. Don't ever be shocked that in your highest high, you're so excited. I just received my gift of tongues. I just got saved. I just walked into a church. They embraced me. It's a Bible, spirit-filled church, and I am gone a new path to life. And then people don't rejoice. Instead, they are, it's the opposite spirit. Division. Division. Don't be shocked because your miracle may bring division. But don't let it move you. This man didn't let it move him, and he was still not even a Christian yet. So he will, sometimes, the Lord will offend the mind to get to the heart. Well, he was doing a lot of offending to the neighbors and to the Pharisees and everybody that was listening to this testimony going, what? what? How did this happen? The neighbors bring him to the Pharisees, and they accuse Jesus of not being of God because he did this on the Sabbath. He says, how can a sinner perform miracles? Exactly. He's not one. He's not a sinner. Right? Let's keep going. Verse, verse 17. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he, because he opened your eyes. He said, he's a prophet. This man doesn't even know Jesus. He's a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that had been blind, receiving his sight, until they called his parents. They're like, no, we don't believe you. We don't believe you. We're going to call your parents. So they call his parents and they ask, same question. Is this your son whom you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answer and he says, we know that's our son. Yes, that's our son. We know, yes, he was born blind. If anything, the mom would know this. Dad too. He says, but how he opened his eyes, whom opened his eyes, how he can now see, we don't know. We don't understand that. He's of age. Ask him. You have to understand, the parents said these things because they feared the Jews. They feared being excommunicated out of their synagogues. They feared, you know, their synagogues, they were, this was their social, this was their, this was their social life. It wasn't just where they went to church. This was what they did. This was their social life. This was what they all did. They gathered around. They lived life together. So they would have been kicked out. They would, they would have been excommunicated. So it wasn't just in agreement with Jesus, the Son of God, bringing healing would have been an excommunication to their whole life and everything they knew it. So it was, that's why they're like, don't ask us. We're not answering that trick question. Ask him. He's old enough. Ask him. And so the man, he says the same thing. 
He says the same thing, but I love when he says, he says, well, why do you keep asking me the same thing? I already told you. He says, why, do you want to be a disciple too? And they were furious. He literally puts it back upon them. He says, why, do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be, a verse 27, do you want to be his disciples too? I know. And, you know, it just goes on. He goes, you know, they, they ask the same questions. They, they receive the same answers. And when you go down to verse 35, because this is after it's all said and done, you know, Jesus comes back, right? They, they, Jesus heard that they cast him out because that's what they did. They cast the guy out. In other words, he was forbidden to do life in their synagogue. Because Jesus, because he wouldn't stop with Jesus just healed me. Hey, I don't know who he is, but I can tell you he healed me. I, I don't, but I can tell you he's a prophet. So he was exalting the name of whom he was going to worship in a, just a few more scriptures. And they excommunicated him, kicked him out. So look at Jesus. He wasn't there. Remember, I told you. Now look. Look at verse 35. Jesus heard that they cast him out, and when they found him, they said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? And he answered and he said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. And then he said, Lord, I believe and he worshiped him. He became a follower. Blindness no more. He was not only physically healed, his eyes now seeing, but spiritually healed. No more spiritual blindness on this individual. But it cost him something. The division, he was ostracized, literally cast out, kicked out of everything he knew. His parents chose to stay silent, but he chose to speak. He chose to keep the healing. He didn't choose to say, you know what, that just shows you he valued what he had so much he wasn't going to throw it to the dogs. He was going to keep what he had just received, and then he received even more. Faith grows. Faith is built. Layer upon layer upon layer. He kept his healing, and faith grew in him. But he kept his healing, and more faith was added to him for more. But that works in our lives the same way, church. Faith grows. But you have to realize the opportunity of someone being right there set up by the devil to try to steal your, your blessing. It's always, they're always going to be there. They're always going to be there trying to insert fear, questioning, you know, just double-mindedness, just discouragement, whatever it might be. But just as this man, whom at the time didn't even have the power of the Holy Spirit, still was able to say no. How much more do we have the power of the Holy Spirit to say no when the devil tries to steal? To say no when the, when, when, when the enemy is on your back and you're literally, you got to turn around and say, absolutely not. I have the living word of God and I will walk with the truth of this. This man was not blind any longer and he also received his gift of salvation. He worshiped Jesus. And it doesn't get any better than that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for the, your word. I thank you for your, the power of your word. I thank you, Lord God, that every 
person, every mind in this room listening online, every, every spirit right now, every soul receiving the depths of this story. It's not just a story. It is the truth. It is an actual happening. It is literally what took place. And if for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear, it is their truth. They'll receive it today and they'll walk in a greater understanding, receiving the word in faith. We do not have to be led, literally uh, just spoon-fed. We do not need to be spoon-fed. We get to rise in faith and we get to adhere to the truth of God's word. Amen? Hallelujah. I want you to give a shout out to the Lord and say thank you, Lord, for what you've just done here in this service. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Just as this man that was blind from birth, but yet God saw him, he didn't go asking for prayer. You guys, there are so many truths that you can pull out of this. He didn't go asking. We should ask for prayer. That's a good thing. But even when you don't ask, God knows exactly where you are. And even when you don't ask, he's already, he's for you. He's not against you. And he went to him. Amen. Isn't that powerful? He went to him. Thank you, Father. You're so good. You're so gracious. You're so loving and you're so kind. And so, Lord, how much more for the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us and to strengthen us every single day, no matter what is going on. In Jesus' name, amen. Transform us in your presence, my Lord. Listen what happens. He starts to transform us in his presence. Transform me in your presence, my Lord. You can just make that your prayer even right now. Oh, Lord, transform me in your presence, my Lord. Transform me in your presence, in your presence. Transform me in your presence, my Lord. Transform me in your presence, my Lord, my Transform us in your presence. Transform us. Just sing that. Just sing that out. Transform me. Transform me in your presence, Lord. Transform me. Make it your own prayer. Transform me in your presence. Oh, transform me in your presence, my Lord. Keep singing it out. Transform me in your presence, Lord. Transform me. Transform me in your presence, Lord. Transform me. Transform me in your presence, Lord. Transform me. In your presence, my
touching the depths of your heart. He's touching the depths of your heart right now. If you just let him, if you just let him, okay. 